So Palm Sunday is a strange Sunday, I always think, in the calendar of the church. It's a Sunday that we know leads to tragedy for Jesus. And we see people doing something, celebrating Jesus going in. And you think, well, he knew what was going to happen and this led him to the crucifixion. So it's a strange day, but we're going to look at it now. Uh, each, each of us has very short notice prepared some little bits to share with you. And it's all around the kingship, Jesus' kingship, because if you remember, the people were crowning him and, and they were saying he was going to be king, and yet he knew it was going to be a very different role that he was going to fulfil. And we know that people cut down palm branches and uh, do you know when I came in I put my Bible down over there but we can read in Matthew the scripture it says the triumphant entry Matthew chapter 21 as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives Jesus sent two disciples saying to them go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her called by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone sees anything to you, says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken from the prophet. Say unto the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They had brought the donkey and the colt, placed their coats on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd gathered, spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds then went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. It's easy to get caught up in that excitement, isn't it, of what happened, but we also need to be grounded in what it led to. The people cut down. It was a sim... When they, the, normally when they cut trees down and put palm, palm trees down, it was a symbolic a victory. A battle had been won. Something had happened and it was a victory in the people's eyes. And it's hard to understand why the people thought that, isn't it, with Jesus. They were looking for a victory, and they saw that in Jesus. But the final victory was going to be there, because the final victory was Jesus conquered death. And that's what we celebrate later on in the week. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55, it says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And that's the victory that Jesus brings us after the crucifixion and the rising from death.
So Jesus chose to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And I wondered why would he choose to ride into the city on a donkey if this is supposed to be a, a triumphal entry. Well, he chose to ride on a donkey because it directly fulfilled the prophecy uh, of Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. Is he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey? But it was more than that, because in biblical times, it was common for kings of importance uh, to people to arrive by procession riding on a donkey. And the donkey symbolized peace. And Jesus, the Prince of Peace, chose to demonstrate that in the way that he entered Jerusalem. Now, without wishing to stand a step on the toes of what others might say who follow me, when I was thinking about um, all of this this morning, and before Stuart told me what he wanted me to to say and speak about. The whole recital of Jesus' uh, entry into Jerusalem, it reminds me of a number of significant things. But most of all, how fickle we human beings can be. How fickle we Christians can be. You see, when things are going well, it's easy to praise God. When we're getting what we want, or what we think we want, and what we need. We're happy to praise God. But when we don't get what we want, when things aren't going well, when things are tough, we don't praise and shout hosannas. Our attitude can quickly turn to one of complaint, to one of anger. And Jesus knew exactly what he was coming into when he rode into Jerusalem on that donkey. He knew that the hosannas, the cheers, and all the adulation was very quickly going to turn to the opposite, to anger and to violence. But he did it anyway. He still went through with this and he completed his mission. He took the pain, he took the humiliation, he took death upon himself. And why did he do it? Because he loved us so much. And remember that this morning. He loves you so much. He loved you so much that he was willing to take your sin and my sin upon himself, a sacrificial death on a cross, so that those who would chose to choose to believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. That's the man, that's the God that we worship today. And that's what we should think on as we enter this holy week and we prepare for what's coming on Friday. And on Friday we'll be saying, it's Friday, but Sundays are coming. Thank you. So when the people shouted, Hosanna, they were hailing Christ as king. They were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one that comes in the name of the Lord. 
perhaps they were doing it in anticipation of Jesus being the Messiah that was going to save them, perhaps even save them and drive out the Romans. And they were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. That word actually means save now. And though in their own minds they waited for an earthly king, God had a different way in mind in bringing true salvation to all who would trust in him. Jesus was on that donkey and he listened to the shouts of Hosanna. But like Terry said, in his mind he knew. He knew that in five days to come, the very crowd are going to shout, Crucify him! Release Barabbas! But he still rode on that donkey and proceeded into the city of Jerusalem. And perhaps what's more of significance is what happens the following day after Palm Sunday when Jesus comes back into Jerusalem, into the temple. He watches, watches what was going on in the temple. And what does he see? People trading, people doing business, buying doves. He was not happy. And what did Jesus do? What was his response? He flipped the tables. He's the very man they were shouting Hosanna to. And Jesus had a choice. He could have chosen to please the people and be politically correct and maintain his status as king in the eyes of the people. But he decided to choose his father, his father's will, and flip those tables. He knew that was going to have some consequence. Some, the teachers of the law were not happy. They were not happy because how dare he? Who does he think he is? Coming into the temple and flipping tables. But if you, if you remember, they were buying these doves because it was a, a tradition, wasn't it? You brought two doves as a sacrificial um, practice to God if you couldn't afford a lamb. So that was actually a religious ritual. But it's in the manner that it was done that the Lord Jesus didn't like. He didn't like people turning his church into a den of thieves, as he said. It became a business enterprise, and that wasn't the purpose of um, bringing doves as a sacrifice. And so he shouted, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The Bible says that Jesus wept for Jerusalem. And it's not surprising that he wept for Jerusalem because people had lost focus to why they came to the temple. They forgot why they were coming to church. In the midst of the praise of the moment, he knew in his heart that it wouldn't be long that these same people would turn their backs on him, betray him, and crucify him. His heart broke with the reality of how much they needed a savior. And it's that passion. In fact, that week is called the Passion Week, isn't it? And it's that passion that drove Jesus to being true to self and true to God and not to please people. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, 
had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. What a shame when people, when we as people get fixated on rituals and religiosity. Our eyes turn away. But Jesus knew that what he did in the temple was going to lead to the death on the cross. In the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed that if the Lord could take this cup away, but he knew he had to go through it. Bless his word. Amen. We read some powerful words in Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Generally, when I think back on the whole Easter story, I tend to think that's probably not how I would have done it if I was God how he did it was so much better than how anything we could have thought of, anything the mind of man could have come up with. It is a great drama, a powerful story, and something that ultimately led to the salvation, not just of everyone sitting in this room today, but of so many others as well. Palm Sunday reminds us that the reign of Christ is greater than the mind of man could ever conceive, than we could ever plan. We often look for people to fight our battles in a very literal way. Um, back then, in the time of Rome, but now in the present-day world as well. But God has an ultimate plan that was better than that. A plan of a king who walked into Jerusalem, or rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, not a war horse. A plan of peace, sending his son to fight a final battle that led to his own death not to military conquest. That is the greatness of the Easter story, which we'll read more about in Easter and on Sunday, and that we'll celebrate throughout this week. Because of Christ's ultimate sacrifice, we can be set free of death. We can be truly free in a way that no plan that we could ever come up with could ever do. In John 11:25, it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even if he dies. Thank you, Tim and Sarah and uh, Terry. Thank you. So this week we have a lot to be grateful for, don't we? We have a lot to thank God for. But the devil would seek to distract us from that. And so we need to make discipline ourselves to focus on what Jesus is doing, has done for us during the week. So what I'd like to ask you to do is those words we said, Hosanna to God in the highest. Every morning when you get up this week, just remind yourself, Hosanna to God in the highest. And you know, for some people, we go through times where we think, what's God's plan for our life? This doesn't seem right. This isn't what I thought was going to happen today. This isn't what I thought was going to happen this week. And we're going to have moments like that this week. I'm sure each one of us will have a moment this week when we think, I didn't plan that. 
We, we're in a routine being uh, retired grandparents where we get a Monday morning and the text comes and we get our instructions for the week. <laughs> yeah? And uh, it'll be, well, you've got to pick, drop um, Pippa off at nursery here or pick her up there or you've got to take Lydia to dancing and Esther needs to get to school and this needs happening. Now I've got a medical appointment and I need this and I need that. But sometimes we get those plans on a Monday and when you look back at the week, it's nothing like what you thought was going to happen. Maybe you're the same for work where you think, well, this week at work, I'm going to do this, this and this. And you get to the end of the week and nothing's been the same is what you planned. But the good hope, the good thought that we have as Christians, that God has a plan for each one of us. He has a purpose for each one of us. He had a purpose for Jesus when he rode on that donkey. He knew what was going to happen to him at the end. As horrible as it was, God had a plan, and his plan was better than any plan that anybody else could concoct, although it didn't, didn't seem like that at the time. And the plan God has for your life is better than anything you could work out, better than anything else your husband or wife or partner could work out, better than your mother and father could work out for you, better than anybody can work out for your life. God has a perfect plan. But we need to stay close to him to hear what that plan is. We need to listen to him and follow him. Because he is king. He's king. That's why he was on the donkey. Because he was shown that he was king, but he was the king over the future as well, and he's king over your lives for the future. So let's remember that as we go on this week. There'll be things that will distract you, but let's not be distracted. Let's stay focused on the journey that we have this week. Service is 10.30 on next Friday, Good Friday here, 10.30, and 11.30 on Easter Sunday. So please... Put those in your dates and your in your mind. And there's me planning your lives, you see. <laughs> Subject to change those are the day, the times for next week. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you that He was faithful to you right to the very end. He was faithful to you on that journey to Jerusalem where He knew what awaited was waiting for him. The disciples might have had a bit of fear, but I'm sure they joined in with the crowd and celebrated that journey in. Um, but Lord, you knew exactly what was going to happen, and you have a plan. And that plan's been worked out over the last 2,000 years where you have brought salvation to each one of us through that plan that you'd prepared from the beginning of time. It was always in your mind that was going to happen that we would find salvation, that we would have hope, that we would have surety for the future through the actions of Jesus Christ. So Father, help us to stay close to you this week, help us to follow you, help us to know your presence, and help us to know that you are the king of all, and you can be king of our lives if we trust them to you, Father. So I pray a blessing for each one here, present in this room, for each one watching, for each person who couldn't be with us for various reasons. Lord, will you bless them and be with each one of us. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's use this time now as we close as a special time of worship and celebration.
of what Jesus has done for us. Thank you, Chris.